because you haven't really told me what I'm talking about tonight. <laughs> Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... Uh, right now, I'm the clueless guy, Big Dave, because <laughs> well, Alan hasn't exactly told me what we're talking about tonight. I put together another one of my deep dive episodes. Um, I have no doubt that Dave is not going to like this one a whole lot. Um, <laughs> Again? Simply because of the subject matter. Um, I I told you about this. I think that I was putting it together. Uh, are you familiar with the name Diane Warren? It sounds vaguely familiar. But Diane Warren is a songwriter. Okay. Um, she has. I don't have all of the stats in front of me. Okay. Okay. Um, but I but I'll 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 tell you this much. What I have listed here. These are all of the songs, all of the songs that hit the top 40. Okay. That she has at least a co-write on. I didn't go into who, you know, because it would have taken forever for me to put together, you know, but but her yeah, name yeah, yeah. is on as, is, is at least a co-writer, if not the actual writer of these songs. Okay, yeah. And, um, and then I have a not comprehensive list of the artists that she has worked with. Okay. I um I also have listed on here. I I'm a little cuz I I I'm not 100% sure how I want to approach this just yet. We're we're going to go down the list, okay? This this list starts in 1983. Okay. Okay. Um and so we're we're right Right in the beginning of the 80s. Yes. So, full-on Gen X songwriter. Right. So, the first top, the first song she had break the top 40 actually was a top 10 hit for Laura Branigan. It's called Solitaire. Okay. It yeah. hit number seven in 1983. I don't remember that song. I probably, if I heard it, I'd probably know what it was. You would know it, Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Uh... Her next, and again, this isn't, she wrote a bunch more stuff in the meantime that, you know, maybe there were album cuts or maybe they, you This know, is only top 40 This is just stuff. top 40 that I have listed here. Sure. And I have them listed somewhat in order, uh, at least by, I have them at least by by year to, together by, by here. By date. I don't have them by well, there, with one exception, with a couple exceptions here, and there's a reason why I don't have the "this is when they hit" or "how long they stayed." There's always you know, a that reason kind of with stuff. you. Well, there's a real reason with this one though, because it's actually pretty spectacular. Okay. Um, so uh, her next big hit hit number three. It was a soundtrack. It was a movie. It was a song from a movie soundtrack, which is a big thing with her. She's, oh, she, on, she's a soundtrack dude, songwriter. Huh? I could not even begin to tell you all of the songs she had on soundtracks, but okay. you're going to see a trend in her big song and her big stuff here. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is a little song you've, you, you know, well, I'm sure it's from the last dragon soundtrack. Okay. Rhythm of the night. DeBarge. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Great song. I, mean, I, I still love, I love that song. I always have. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Her next, this one, okay. And this is where we're getting into a little bit of, this is, this is pretty amazing. Okay. Okay. Her next, this was her first number one. What year? 1987. Okay. From the movie Mannequin. Okay. The song Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. Gotcha. She wrote that song. It went to number one on April 4th of 87. It stayed there for two weeks. Okay. All right. In 1987, Belinda Carlisle went to number two with I Get Weak. Okay. You know that one? Yeah, I know okay. that one. Also in 1987, Hart went to number seven with Who Will You Run To? Wow, that was one of hers, huh? Mm-hmm. In 19... Normally, Hart was pretty good about writing their own well, stuff. Well, in the 80s, Hart... They started having other people write their stuff, and that's where you see the big difference between the seventy the 70s heart and eighties heart. Yeah, uh, where they really I'm, changed. I'll be honest with you; I kind of prefer seventies heart. I do too. I'm I'm like, yeah, give me when give me heart trying to be Led Zeppelin. Yes, <laughs> rather than heart trying to be top forty fluff. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> exactly okay. So so this so you get a look at that. So that in, in 1987. She had one. She had three top ten songs. One went to number one, one to number two, and one to number seven. That's pretty good. Yeah. 1988. Okay. She went, uh, Chicago went to number three with I Don't Want to Live Without Your Love. That's I'm sure that's I know Peter, that's that's Peter Sintero. I, I think Chicago, it is. Well, it? no, actually, it's not. Is it not? No, because Sintero uh, had already gone solo at this point. Yeah, he here, not? here is here is uh, he might have been on the way out, but I don't know. Uh, she also penned the song "Ghost Town" by Cheap Trick that hit number thirty-three. Oh, in that's a good song. That is a good song. That was on Lap of Luxury. Yeah, which again, if you're a Cheap Trick fan, there's like. 70s cheap trick yeah. and then there's lap of luxury you know the flame and and all that stuff you i know? like the flame actually. i think it's a it's funny because like the really hardcore fans call it the shame yeah <laughs> you know? no it's, they do <laughs> but and, it's one of those and things honestly that, i do prefer 70s I, cheap same, trick same um, over 80s cheap trick right. but i i remember when that song came out and it kind of it blew up. It was huge. Well, it brings you know I mean? back some memories. Oh yeah, for me exactly. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. There's always a girl involved. Okay, somehow. so here we go. This is where things start getting really interesting. So at this point, Chicago went to number three with "I Don't Want to Live Your Love." Go, yeah. uh, Cheap Trick hit the top forty with "Ghost Town." Yeah. Chicago went to number one at the end of of '88 for two weeks. Okay. For the weeks of. Uh, December 10th and December 17th with Look Away. Back, 
Oh, yeah. Okay. This is where things get really impressive. Okay, starting right here. Okay. April, or excuse me, April 7th, 1990. Taylor Dane went to number one with Love Will Lead You Back. Oh, which she also wrote. Yeah. September 23rd, Cher hit number three with If I Could Turn Back Time. That's the infamous... The, 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 uh, the Navy yeah, video, yes. The, the battleship video with the fishnets. Here you go. But in, in uh, November, from November 11th and then the week of November 18th, Bad English went to number one with When I See You Smile. When I see you smile, I can face the world. Oh, you know I can do anything. Yeah. yeah also, okay. also a yeah. one of her songs. But here's the thing. The next two weeks, the week of November 25th and the week of December 2nd, Millie Vanilli went to number one with Blame It on the Rain, which she wrote. <laughs> which she wrote and they didn't sing. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> sang it. It wasn't it wasn't Robin Fab. Somebody sang it. But here's the thing. If you look starting yeah, she basically owned at, at the end at the end uh, inside of a year. She had one, two, th- she had four number songs that went to number one. Three of which stayed there for two weeks, and yep. another one that went to number three inside and yeah. in, in, in inside of a year. That's impressive. It's very that prolific. is very impressive. But you know, here's the funny thing. Um, Cher also. Oh, excuse me. That's not the end of 1989. Michael Bolton. Bolton. Michael Bolton. <laughs> We're going to see his name a lot here, okay? Oh, no. Michael Bolton. She's the reason we have Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton in 1989 went to number three, which here's another 89, with How Can We Be Lovers. <sighs> Cher also hit top ten at number eight in 89 with Just Like Jesse James. Which was not a great song. No, Let's I just agree. be honest. Hold on. Also, in 1989, <laughs> 89 was a big year for her. Okay? Evidently, yeah. In 1989, Michael Bolton went to number seven with When I'm Back on My Feet Again. <sighs> no. Also in, ni- just, also, in 1989. Don't say Michael Bolton No, again. it's not. Okay. Not, this, not this one. Also in 1989... Expose went to number seventeen, the top twenty hit. Yeah, with um, your baby never looked good in blue. I don't remember. that I don't song. remember that one either. I remember Expose. I the, just they, don't remember. They come that back song. around also. Okay, yeah. and finally the final one in, in 1989 made it to number eleven. Okay, Joe Cocker, when the night comes. I just want to be the one you run to. I just want to be the one. Come to. I just want to be there when the night comes. Let's put on the tail 
decent song. That is a good song. That was that's a I didn't and I had no clue. I, I was yeah. going through like I knew some of this stuff, but I started going. I was like, wow, she wrote that. Wow, she wrote that. Wow, I can't believe you know, or at least had co-write on yeah. these, you know, type. Um, in 1989. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine top and, twenty hits. <laughs> and those are all those are all co writes? They're either rights or quote rights, one or the other. She's got her name on these songs. Did you okay? bother to look to see if all these folks are on the same label? Uh I did not. I did not. I the reason I asked that is because it sounds to me like they had some bands that may have had a half-written song there or a half-written defense song, and the label brought her in. I know she wrote a bunch of stuff with finish them out. She wrote a bunch of stuff with Desmond Child. Oh, who you know he wrote you a go. bunch of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's you know she she wrote with a you know okay here's the thing that's the eighties. Yeah. Now we get over into the nineties. This is where it's going to really you're going to be like oh really. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, really? Sure. And this is also when we really start talking about soundtracks quite a bit, okay? <laughs> okay, so uh, in 1990... You think for Kenny Loggins? No, 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 no. Yeah, because he was, he the, was, but he was, he was the, the 80s soundtrack guy. Though. Yeah, but he was the soundtrack yeah. king for... Uh, for, for the 80s, yeah. yeah. But, and then, oh, 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 Brian Adams. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> he was the 90s soundtrack guy. Yeah. But there's, yeah. there's more. Hold up. So in 1990, Hart, again, uh, hit the top 40, went to number 23 with uh, I Didn't Want to Need You. I don't remember that I one. I do. It's another big ballad type okay. thing. Um, it sounds like she's kind of a big ballad. She is type very thing. just. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. That was her only 1990 top 40. Okay. Okay. She has some other stuff that that hit the top 100, but never cracked never cracked the top 40. Yeah. Uh, 1991. Uh, Kathy Tricoli. Everything changes. If I, you heard it, you would know it. I. And it was one of those again. That, I have no idea. That like I was like, man, because I went back and listened to some of these things. I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember this. Okay. Here's your boy again. 1991. <sighs> Mr. Michael Bulletin goes to number seven with Time, Love, and Tenderness. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Uh, if, also, if in, anybody else had done that song, it might have been a decent there's song. There's several songs that if anybody but him had done that I'm like, eh, it might have been. Uh, that, that song should have been a Rick Ashley song. I could see that. Rick yeah. Astley, I could absolutely say so. Um, uh, also in 91, Cher went to number 17, another top well, 20 hit. Cher again. With Love and Understanding, which I don't remember that I, one. I kind of do. Uh, uh, you got to remember, I, some of these I remember because I've got two sisters, and I got to listen to okay. a lot of that stuff in the background. 1991 also saw Gloria Estefan. Uh, record Live for Loving You and it went to number 22. Okay. So it was another top 40. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also in 1991. There's a lot of 91 in here. Like the 91 was a good year for her also. Uh, no number ones in this one though and really only one top 10. But Michael Bulletin <sighs> and Kenny G together oh i remember this oh. <laughs> she wrote missing you now which went to number 12 in 1991 <laughs> okay i'm already not enjoying this all There's right too much sherry michael hold Bolton on here. it's not over yet 
So the very the last thing that she had in 1991 was a top 40, barely a top 40. It, it cracked number 39. It was by it was another Chicago song, "Chasing the Wind." I don't remember that one I don't either. either. Yeah. I bet Corey does. Oh, I'm sure Corey knows all these songs. <laughs> uh, so okay, that's it for 1991. Still not bad. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven top 40 hits. You know, you, she made some money off. She of was those. able to pay the rent. Yeah, that absolutely. Year. Okay, 1992. This would be my junior year in high school. This was the last half of my senior year and my my gap year, my gap semester <laughs> of, of college because I didn't go straight out of college. It was the next semester I went in. But yeah, 1991 expose again. Goes to number 11 with, and I know you remember this one. I really like this song. I'll never get over you getting over me. As long as the stars shine down from the heavens, long as the rivers run to the sea, I'll never get over you getting over me. Yeah, yeah, that was a, probably their biggest hit. Yeah. Me. Well, actually, Point of No Return is probably their biggest hit. Yeah. A, uh, but still a decent song. Okay. This one in 1992 is going to start a collaboration that's going to go for a while. Uh oh. This is, whereas Michael Bolton was that first. Yeah. This artist is going forward. Oh, no. No, 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 no. If you say Celine Dion. Celine Dion hit number 36 with Love Can Move Mountains in 1992. She also hit number four in 1992 with If You Ask Me To. What? What happened? What? 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 No, no, nothing. Nothing like that happened. But I'm, I'm sitting here going, I forgot to put the artist down <laughs> for something. <laughs> like, um, yay! Alan made a mistake, and it's yeah, not me well, this time. Yeah, it happens. Um, let's see here. Let yeah, me break out stuff. the magic witch box well, real quick. I gotta go. So, are we gonna have to deal with like a half decade of Celine Dion in these next songs? Oh yeah. Uh, um. Hold on. So the next one, so in 1992, um, the song Nothing Broken But My Heart uh, went to number 29. And I think, I think that's actually a heart song. <laughs> uh, hold on. Can you make me look too? No, I've got it right here. I've, I've already, I'm already on it. Um, nothing But My Broken Heart? Nothing Broken But My Heart. Oh, okay. Somebody's screaming out there. Uh, yeah, that's Celine Dion. Yeah, that's Celine Dion also. Okay, so there you go. That one went to 29. That's a, that's a top 30 hit. So she had Celine Dion recorded three of her songs. You know what I'm really mad about is you made me look that up. Now I've got Celine Dion <laughs> on one of my... Okay, here goes. Um, Shanice went to number four in 1992 with Saving Forever For You. This was on the Beverly Hills 90210 soundtrack. Yeah. Um, You're probably very familiar with I, that song. I have that soundtrack. I yeah. do. Okay. Uh, then also in 1992, 
Peebo Bryson and Kenny G Ooh. went to 25 with by the by the time this night is over. I like Peebo Bryson. Yeah. Now we're, we're moving into 93. Now the, the Jerry Curled um, saxophone player could go somewhere else. Yeah, I, I, dude, I hate the sound. Peebo Bryson had some great songs. He did, but I hate I hate the sound of Kenny, Kenny G's saxophone, that tenor yeah. saxophone. Just, yeah. Okay, so uh, in 1993. That's not, ten, that's not a tenor, by the way. Is it not? No. What is it? It's, I know it's not a tenor. I thought it was a tenor. Tenor's deeper. Okay. Um, in 1993, once again, Michael Bulletin had a top 40 hit. It was number 32 with a song by the title of Completely. I'm not really familiar with that one. No. But here you go. 1993, she had one more top five hit. The, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you guess the, the band. They're Swedish. Ace of Base? Yes. Oh. She wrote Don't Turn Around. Don't turn around. Gonna see my heart breaking. Don't turn around. I don't want you see And so that was a top five hit for them. So fast forward three years. Now, she, again, she, she wrote other stuff that just didn't crack the top 40 at this point. Soprano. Is it Soprano? Soprano okay, sex, yeah. Uh, Monica went to number four in 1996. 96 and 97 and 98 are going to be big. They're going to be a really big years here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this was another uh, soundtrack song. Okay. Number four on the Space Jam soundtrack. Monica with uh, "For You I Will." I think I actually remember yeah. that one. So yeah. it went to number four. Also in 1996. Here's a number one. It's another Celine Dion song. It's yeah. from the movie Up Close and Personal. I don't even remember that movie. Um, it's uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and um, um, Robert Redford. She plays like a, a network anchor or something. I don't know. Anyways, sure. But the song Because You Loved Me. You were my strength when I was weak. You were my voice when I couldn't speak. You were my Oh, yeah, I remember okay. that one. Keep that one in the back of your head just here for a second. I'd, okay? I'd rather not. Just okay. Okay. Also in 1996, another number one song. Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart. Unbreak my heart. That's a good one. She wrote that one also. And she was... Mm, Tony Braxton yeah. was... Wow. Also in 1996, Aaliyah, top 10. Mm. The one I gave my heart to. Went to number nine. I don't remember that song, but yeah. I remember Aaliyah. I liked Aaliyah. 
In 97. Especially the stuff she did with Timberlake. Yeah, Timberland. Yeah. Timberland, sorry, yeah. Timberland. Uh, 1997, In Vogue had a top 40 hit with uh, number 33, Too Gone, Too Long. Uh, this was on their EV3 whenever they lost one of their members, yeah. you know, which is actually a really good album. It really is, uh, yeah. Um, Don't Let Go Love is an amazing song. Yeah. <laughs> that is an amazing song. Um, okay, so here we go. This is going to be... Okay. 1997. A song that we could not get away from. But did not go to number one. And the reason why it didn't go to number one was because of the... Um, Candle in the Wind, 97. The, oh, the, okay. Elton John and George so this Michael. Was, so that not George Michael, it was just Elton John. Just Elton John? But it went to number two. And it was there for like five weeks. Okay. How do I live? The Leanne Rhymes version of it. Okay. And tell me now, how do I live you? I want to know. How do I breathe you? If you go, how do I Trisha, your wood recorded it though when it was on the Con Air soundtrack. Yes. This has got one of my... Now, Trisha Yearwood's version never charted, okay? Really? No. Uh, it might have done something on the country charts, but as far as the, the top... That's surprising because I actually liked her version well, better than I did the Leanne Rhymes version. This has got one of my favorite like things I have ever seen at the Grammys. Okay. Okay? They were both nominated... For the same song? For the same song. And what was hilarious is that they brought Leanne, they carted Leanne Rhymes out on the stage to sing the song. And then gave it to Trisha. And then gave the award to Trisha Yearwood. (laughs) (laughs) And deservedly so, because her version was the better version of it. There was just something about I agree with that. The the tenor of her voice, and and she had a little bit more soul in it. Experience is what it is. Because yeah. Leanne Rhymes was like, what, 15 at the time or something? 15 or yeah, 16. Yeah, and so it's one yeah. of those like, no, give me somebody who's lived a little bit. I you tell know, you I met her once. Who, Leanne Rhymes? Yeah, back before she got... When she was real little? <laughs> yeah, like when she was like 13 or right. 14. I was working my way through college. Mm-hmm. I was at that boot place. And these folks came in and were buying boots. It's like, oh, yeah, we're down here to go to see, you know, talk to some people about doing music. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Everybody, yeah. And then they made her sing in the mm-hmm. store for us. We're right. like, yeah, okay, she's got pipes. Yeah. yeah I, I've never, I'm, I've always said that Leanne Rhymes could sing, but it's just kind of, I think it was that, it was that whole, you know, the whole thing that same year. Like, she won Best New Artist yeah. that year, that same year. Well, it, her parents were pushing well, her Well, but so here's hard. the thing. But it was funny because, like, again, this is another one of those. Uh, you know, one of the artists that was, or maybe it, was, it wasn't it was this year, but it was when her first album came out, when Blue, what was that, 95? Something, something like that, yeah. She won Best New Artist that year. And it was funny because, like, Garbage was nominated for best new artist that year and yeah. shirley manson famously like in an interview was talking about she's like yeah we'll see what she's doing in 10 years when she actually has some has like gone through some stuff oh no <laughs> like <laughs> oh no that did not age well yeah. so uh um but anyway so yeah so that was Didn't okay garbage just put some new stuff out i think so yeah they're still going uh, I, I saw them years ago i, I guess now that i think about it, it's actually been quite a bit uh, they played at the ryman 
they were actually on their 10th anniversary at that. So that was been 2005. So that's been yeah, a little while like that. And they were good. Like they were real good. Well, they still are good. Yeah, I know. And I, well, I mean, um, Butch Vig, Vig, yeah, I know, Butch Vig. I know it's like, so, um, so anyway, so, okay. So we, we got to, how do I live? Okay. Uh, in 1998, Brandy went to number one with Have You Ever. Okay. You know that one. Yep. Okay. Um, in uh, 98, Maya hit Ooh. the top 30 with My First Night With You. Okay. Um, also in 98, Escape went to number seven with The Arms of the Ones You Love, which I don't... I remember Escape, but I don't remember that song. I don't remember that okay. song. But in 98... Her crowning achievement, another soundtrack song. Okay. From the movie Armageddon. Oh no, Aerosmith? Mm-hmm. Oh no. She wrote, I don't want to miss a thing. Only number one hit Aerosmith has ever had, and it's not that I don't like that song, no. I, it, and not because it's probably not a. I mean, it's probably a good song, but they overplayed it. Oh, I know, so I know. You much. could not get away from it during that time period. No. So here we go. In '99, we got a few '99 album stuff here. Um, she wrote another song for a soundtrack. The movie Music of the Heart. You remember this one? No, not it's, at all. It had uh, Gloria Estefan was actually like in the movie. Okay, sure. But it's Gloria Estefan and In Sync doing the song Music of My Heart. Yeah, I would not have. Yeah, listened I remember to the that song, but it's like okay. in 1999 she had another top 40 hit, hit number 37 from the movie Message in a Bottle. I remember. I remember seeing the movie advertised. It was Edwin McCain song. I could not ask for more. Uh, yeah, that was like kind of his follow up after I'll be, you know. Yeah, so, um, he he really didn't have anything after I'll now, be. This is the only one that didn't crack the top forty that I put on here because it's actually notable. Um, in '99, um, Whitney Houston and Enrique Iglesias did "Could I Have This Kiss Forever." Um, I don't even remember. I, that, I remember yeah. it. It was it was. I remember hearing it and seeing the video and all that kind of stuff, but it, it didn't crack the top 40. It it made the top 100, but it didn't crack the top 40, and I didn't write down. I think I want to say it was like in the, the 50s somewhere or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's Leo Iglesias. 1999, uh, a debut album was released by a little girl with a huge voice, and this song went to number three. Okay. Christine Aguilera with I Turn to You. For a sheep from the storm, for a friend, for a love to keep me safe and home. I turn to you for the strength to be strong, for the will to carry on, for everything you do, for oh. everything I know she's one of your favorites. I love her. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine 
uh, a female friend of mine yeah. the other day and something said about Christina Aguilera and I was like, I love Christina Aguilera, you know? And she was like, Oh, and again, she's amazing. I'm like, yeah, I was like, I've always been on board with Christina Aguilera. And the reason why is because I imagine that Brittany would just lay there, but Christina would change her life. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> sometimes I wonder about you. Yeah, you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I really do though. Okay. So in 2000, another soundtrack. Okay. Uh, it went to number 11, top 20 hit. Yeah. Leanne rhymes again. No. Can't fight the moonlight from Coyote Ugly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And her last top forty hit ever to date. Okay. okay. Another soundtrack. Faith Hill. It was in two thousand one. Okay. It hit number ten. Okay. There you'll be from Pearl Harbor. In my dreams, I always see you so. What happened? I don't wow. know. Oh, the air conditioner, the air conditioner shut went off. That's what I was, I was like. like no, no, I was like, oh, what happened? Whoa, what was that? Um, um, yeah, that that was not a great movie. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And Here's the thing that I'll tell you about Pearl Harbor, because again, we've got the, uh, the Michael Bay of it all here with Armageddon. <laughs> I don't know, 12, 10, 12 years ago, it's been a while back, I was at home and there was... I, I wasn't working or I didn't have work that day. You know, I was just kind of like laying around because that was when I was working in the catering business and I was just tired. I was like, Oh man. And we had gotten direct TV and we had like HBO and you know, whatever. And so I was at home by myself and I was watching television and I don't know why they did it, but HBO showed like played Armageddon and Pearl Harbor back to back. (laughs) And I sat there for all that time watching those movies. And felt absolutely sickened with yourself, didn't you? Here's the thing that I, that I realized. They're you know, the those, same movie. Dude, they are shot for shot almost the same movie, especially the last 15 minutes of the movie. Exact, basically what happens is that in Armageddon, the difference between the two is that you substitute the flyovers of, 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 uh, of helicopters for World War One or World War Two uh, airplanes, I mean, shot for shot, well, he, the same. He is notorious. Oh, I know for recycling shots that he has done in other movies and putting them in other movies. I know it's just like oh. there was like one that was done with Transformers. Oh, I don't want to talk about Transformers. And if you so. put like Transformers like side by side or picture in a picture with another one, you start them at exactly the same time. You can see the background footage is identical, and the shots that is in Transformers is literally the Transformers CGI laid over the old footage. Hmm. Michael Bay is one of the laziest filmmakers out there. So, yeah, that is the end of her top 40 stuff. She has 47 top 40 hits. 
That's impressive, actually. Um, one, That's two, a pretty good career. Three, four. Now, does she have songs that everybody would know that you that you wouldn't think that people would know? And it's just kind of like wow. Nine. She has nine number ones, which is impressive. Also, if I'm if my math's right, there might be actually be more than that. Um, there are. Uh, here's the other thing. I, I wrote down a list of. Like I said, it's not comprehensive. Yeah, but th- these are these are some of the artists that she's worked with. Okay, Alice Cooper. Cooper. She had a song on Trash. Which one? Um, needles and pins or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Uh, it, but it was a song that like I remember. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, of course, Cher, Chicago. She wrote. Uh, she had uh, Carrie Underwood has has covered has uh, recorded. Oh, what just happened? Do we just blow up again? What just happened? Oh, okay. I was like, what just happened? Don't do that. <laughs> I thought I lost my notes there. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Cher, Chicago, Carrie Underwood recorded. Barbara Mandrell recorded one of her albums back in the, or one of her songs back in the 80s. Okay. O-Town, she wrote a song for them. Sure. Beyonce recorded one of her songs. Okay. James Taylor. Eh. Jody Watley. Oh, I've completely forgot about Jody Watley. Kenny Lattimore. I have no idea who that is. Uh, he's he's a big R and B guy. In uh, Sync, um, Escape, Expose, both of them. Oh yeah. Uh, Millie Vanilli, Eric Clapton recorded one of her songs. Which one? Uh, I don't. Really the thing is, is that almost none of this stuff that that I'm that the uh, you know that if if I didn't list it in that up there, you probably don't know them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're album cuts or or something. You sure. Know? Um. Uh, Eddie Money, Jennifer Hudson, Justin Bieber, Kristen Chenoweth, Chenoweth, excuse me, Chris Isaac. He oh. did a song. I do remember it was on the uh, Speak of the Devil album that he uh, recorded one of her songs. Okay. Uh, Ario Speedwagon, Roy Orbison recorded a song that she wrote. Wow. Lionel Richie, TLC, Michael Bulletin, Whitney Houston, Enrique Iglesias, Tom Jones, okay. Hart. Meatloaf recorded several of her songs. Well, she seems to be kind of in the vein of Jim. Um, she wrote... What is Jim, Jim Steinman? Thank you. She wrote, uh, I think, a couple of songs um, that were on Welcome to the Neighborhood. I want to say There Wasn't a Dry in the House is one of her songs. If okay. I'm not mistaken. Uh, Olivia Newton-John. Joan Jett recorded one of her songs. Okay, now that's interesting. Yeah, of course, John John Waite, yeah. Joe Cocker, Rod Stewart, Cheap Trick, Mary J. Blige, Rat, Rat did one Rat of her songs. Rat recorded one of her songs on Out of the on, of um, um, Reach for the Sky, their 1990 album. Really? Um, Barbara Streisand, Boys to Men, Michael W. Smith recorded one of her songs. That didn't surprise me. Reba McIntyre, Selena recorded one of her songs. Okay, The Pretenders. Recorded one of her songs. Okay, that's interesting. The Cult. The Cult? The song that they did on, this is another soundtrack that they did on the Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. That's one of her songs. Okay. And that's, if I remember right, that's the one where they're sitting outside the house waiting waiting for the uh couple to get busy so they can steal the the Bugatti Uh, or whatever it was. Lady Gaga has done one of her songs. Willie Nelson recorded one of her songs. In Vogue, Ricky Martin, Patti LaBelle. Okay. Kiss recorded several of her songs. That's got to be eighties Kiss. It was one of them was. Um, uh, it's got to be no. Turn make- on the night. 
Was that the name of the song? That's one of hers. Okay. That's one of hers. Uh, Disturbed recorded one of her songs. Okay, that's... I know. Wow. Trisha Yearwood, Leanne Rhymes, and my, my two favorite ones that I found. Okay. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> they, they collaborated together on a song. And Don Johnson. I could see Don Johnson. <laughs> so his his album that he did, because he was trying to be Michael Bolton know, there for a while. He, himself. But yeah, yeah. But that's and like I said, that is nowhere near disturbed. A, disturbed did one of her songs. Yes, disturbed the Pretenders, Joan Jett, Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. The, you know, those are people I the would cult. The cult. I, know. I would not expect Kiss. Those. I mean, it's a, Kiss did several of her songs. Actually, they, well, I think they recorded like three songs that she wrote. Anything you hear out of the eighties, you would expect it mm-hmm. to be because Kiss was not good during the. Oh, 80s. Did, I, did I mention Bon Jovi? No, you did not. Bon Jovi did one of your songs also. Okay. Um, yeah. So it is. That is a pretty impressive resume. I have to. I mean. That, that that kept her in um, rent and soda money. Oh, it kept her in more than rent. I mean that. <laughs> you, I mean, people, you know, want to get one number one, and she's got at least nine. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, and this is just this was just the top, like the the hot one hundred, you know, like the top, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah top yeah, forty yeah. stuff. It had nothing to do with country charts, nothing to do with R and B charts or adult contemporary charts or any of that. Yeah. I mean, this was just, you know, basically top, you know, the, 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 the top 100. So, and like I said, since to the, uh, you know, the 90 or 2001, the last time that, you know, she yeah. had a top, you know, a top 40 hit, she's written all kinds of stuff with all kinds of people. It's just, and a lot of it has been soundtrack work. Like I, I should have, I meant to go back. Just none of it's hit. Yeah, none of it was stuff that I heard of. I mean, you know, it was just yeah. like, all right. And again, where I pulled all this from had chart positions and you know and all that kind of stuff laid yeah, out there. Yeah, and yeah. there were there were just there have been no more since then. Now, um, you know, she they did a uh, she was on American Idol several years back, you know, when Simon Cowell was still on there, you know, going back that far, you know, and like they did like one week where they, all they did was just her songs or something, you know. Oh, okay. And, but it was still one of those things where it was just like, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> and I think that she wrote one of the songs for one of the American Idol winners, you know. Uh, it wasn't any of them that we would know. Like, you know, like uh, it wasn't um, – a moment like this or you know um stand inside your heaven or any you know, the, the songs that actually charted you know that that you know that made people kind yeah. of you know the first hits like you know th- those were the first two hits by you know kelly clarkson and carrie underwood yeah you know so i mean it's but she didn't write any of those i thought that she had written uh, my heart will go on but i was wrong about that i was wrong about a few songs that i, th- I thought that she had written that was a jim Steinman, wasn't it no. Who wrote no, that one? I don't know. It was nobody I recognized. Okay. Um, the thing was, I told you to keep in your head. Yeah. Um, that stupid Sling Dion. Okay. There's a reason why. Okay. Song. Here, here, here's the thing, because it was one of those that like, it hit me when I was putting all this together. So her first song, her first the Sling Dion number one was, you know, As Long As You Love Me. Yeah. Or, uh because you love me, yeah. And you remember that song, right? Yeah, because vaguely. You love me. Yeah. And then she had, an, and then that song, and then "How Do I Live" that Leanne Rhymes did. Yeah. 
and I Turned to You by Christina Aguilera. Okay. If you play all three of those in your head at the same time, they're essentially the same song. Same melody, same... <laughs> I mean, just like... <laughs> well... Eventually, you just kind of got to put it on a template. I know, it's, but it's like I need a song for a soundtrack. Yeah, okay. Yeah, here but you, you go. know, but you know, yeah, she kept Michael Bolton in hits in the early '90s. She kept Celine Dion in hits throughout the rest of the '90s. I, I blame her for uh, a lot of bad artists. <laughs> I blame. Well, her. you know, come on, Starship. I mean, that's uh, Starship. Talking about watering down Man, from, from, from Jeff, something Jefferson, Jefferson Airplane, Airplane, Jefferson Starship, and then Starship. Starship. And by the time you got to Starship, the on, on, Grace Slick was the only member yeah. from e- either either of the previous incarnations. They yeah. had whole other people in there uh, after you know after the first Starship album. Um, yeah, and uh, after that, when they when they hit with you know nothing's going to stop us now, and we built this city. Yep, Grace Slick was the only. The only person that was that still had a foot in what they had had been, yeah. And uh, let's be honest, those two songs are terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually have a fondness in my heart for "We Built a City" because that was one of the songs that we had to play in eighth grade pep band. Look, for we like built basketball. This, we games built this city stuff. is that and uh, John Cougar Mellencamp's "Rock" in the USA. USA. Yeah. Here's the thing about "We Built the City." It's a catchy song. It, it will is. get in your head. It's you know, an that earworm. Kind of exactly. It does something that I really like that some songs do. Songs that do this well are... I like songs when they do it well. There's a lot of songs that try to do this, and then they just fail completely, which is to have that strong second verse. Yeah. you know, Which is one of those things you remember that it's... I can't remember what the guy's name is, the other singer in Starship... But you know he sings the first verse and they do the chorus. When they come back for the second one, it's Grace Slick. Yeah, and you know, and that's the knee deep in the hoopla. You know, blah, yeah. blah. And it's one of those things where it's a strong second verse with a strong vocal performance on that verse that really kind of takes it to a different place. You know. Yeah. What is so egregious about that song, though, is the subject matter. Yeah. Because everybody's like, "Oh, we built this city." Yeah. Basically, what was happening is that in the mid-80s, San Francisco was growing. And so they were going in and they were shutting down all of these music venues yep. that had been there since the Haight-Ashbury stuff, you know, back in the 60s. Back and where Jefferson Airplane right, used exactly. to play at with so, all of those groups from the hippie era. So the whole, we built this city on rock and roll, if it was Jefferson Airplane doing this song with a wholly different whole different song to begin with. But yeah. if it's Jefferson Airplane saying, hey, we built this city on rock and roll, that's yeah. one thing. When it is a very, very, very watered down version of, of a third it, iteration it, of that band. It was it was corporate rock. At it that is. Point. And that's the whole thing is that, that that's they yeah. there is that line in there about, you know, uh, someone's always playing corporation games. You know, it's, it's like, like this whole thing like they're saying, oh look corporate corporations are coming in and ruining everything. It's like you are corporate rock. Yeah. Don't even don't don't lecture us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The reason you're still around and playing is because you've exactly. got this cool corporation behind exactly. you that needs you to keep performing. And needs you to pump out pump out hits, you know? Yeah, it's like here. Exactly. You didn't write this. Go do here, go do the song. You know, that's uh um and so yeah, it's just one of those you know, again, go back. I love Rhythm of the Night. I always have. I've always thought that was a great song. Yeah. And it, I was really surprised 
years ago when I learned that Diane Warren wrote that song. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, that's that's interesting, you know. Um, you know, there's a few other ones on here. I, I Look Away is my favorite Chicago song. I mean, that, I'll, I'll say it. That's a good one. Again, it, that's not a Peter Cetera track. You know, that's... Um, Corey could tell us because he loves the guy. Um, well, he loves the band Chicago. I know, but he really likes from, this guy. From Terry Kath on. Yeah. Um, of course. Terry, I, no, that's not right. What was his yeah, last Terry name? Terry Kath was the, 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 the was guitar right? player that killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, when you look at some of this other stuff, like uh, I love, I know you don't, but I love um, If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher. Um and uh, when I see you smile is a good song. I remember good, good power ballad. You know, eighties power ballad. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there. You know, there, there's a few of those that are in there. I'll be honest. I'm not as big a fan of everything after that. <laughs> I do like "I'll Never Get Over You," "Getting Over Me" by Expose. That's a or that yeah, that was a good bad. song. I mean, that's I remember that. I've got to like, know yeah, what was... the disturbed song was though. That <laughs> that's on. just that's that's bothering me. Hold on, I can tell you here. That that and the um, the um, the Joan Jett song. Hold on, let me look it up. The thing about this is this is not. Um, An easy lookup. Well, they're not. They're they're listed by songs or by song titles, yeah. not by band. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, I just have to. I'm gonna have to scroll. roll. Oh, scroll. she also Casey and JoJo did one of her songs. Luther Vandross recorded one of her songs. Oh, Luther. It's, yeah, I, I forgot both of them. Joan Jett. Um, the only good thing you ever said was goodbye. That was a co-write with Joan Jett and Desmond Child. It was on the Notorious album in Okay, 91. I kind of remember that. That was like an album cut or something. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure that's that's what I kept. You know, it's like it's one of those things I kept looking. I was like, okay, yeah, this was okay. Yeah, uh, that song was painted on my heart. Was the cult it was gone in, in sixty yeah, seconds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's see, let's see. Weird, I, okay, here was the. She was a crap co-writer on uh, the plumbing song, <laughs> Off the Deep End with, <laughs> yeah. with Weird Al. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, the Pointer Sisters did one of her songs too. Okay, um, I can see that. Let's see. Duh, 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 duh. And of course, it's one of those. Uh, Uncle Cracker did one of her songs. Um, yeah, we won't mention that Rich, name ever oh, again. Richie Sambora recorded like two or three of her songs. Okay. Now it's been his stuff he's done since he left Bon Jovi, like his yeah. solo work. Then. Um, not off a of stranger in the night. No, though. not a no, stranger in this town. He did stranger do, in this town. Yeah. Bonnie Tyler did one of her songs. Uh, he did a couple of her songs actually. Aaron Neville. Oh, I like Aaron. Um, I like the Nevilles. Yeah. <laughs> Tyra Banks did one. Recorded one of her songs. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no! Uh, come on! Where was that? Jack Wagner did one. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh come on! You love it. Don't give up on us, baby. <laughs> Actually, no, that wasn't him. That was no, uh, no, that was David Soul. Uh, uh, all I need yeah. is just a little more time. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a Jack Wagner. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just... To be sure. <laughs> no, move along. Move along. And that wasn't one of her songs, though. Uh, Come on. What's I'm, the I'm looking song? for I'm, I'm trying to find it here. It's Like I said, th- there is just a ton of... Uh, uh, Jessica Simpson did one of her songs. Michael McDonald recorded one of her songs. Um, yeah, I'm going to be there. It wasn't that one, though. No. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Yeah, I'm going to be there. 
Um, Rye Carey. Uh, yeah, I've kind of put a slow down on the show here for a minute because <laughs> I want to okay. I I mean, know what a, this Disturbed song is. I know, I know, because I was really kind of like, what? Um, uh, Willie Nelson recorded a song called To Get Here. It was on the last Movie Star soundtrack in 2018. I don't know. Again, another soundtrack album. Yeah. Joss Stone did one of her songs. Oh, I like Joss. Uh, again, another soundtrack song. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Uh, Kiss did Turn on the Night. That was, yeah, I remember that from Crazy Nights. Um, yeah. Oh, Disturbed. Uninvited Guest. It was on Evolution in 2018. I don't even remember that song. That was another co-write with a few other people. I'm going to have to go back and look at that uh, one. But yeah, I know that, that when I saw Disturbed, I was like, am I reading that correctly? That can't be right. Uh, yeah, I guess I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. And, you know, whether you like, whether you like the actual songs that she wrote, you have to respect yeah. the fact that she has stayed with it for so long and been so successful. You said it was off of Evolution? Yeah, it was off the 2018 album. So, I, I don't know Disturbed well enough. To, and it was what? I don't remember. I don't have it up here any longer. Did you say Hold On to the Memories? No. Uh. That sounds like something she would write. Uninvited Guest. Uh, yeah, okay, it's a bonus track on okay. that album. Yeah, but that was a that was a co-write with her. And um but okay. yeah. I'm gonna have to listen to that on the way home. Just <laughs> you as, do that. I have been and and here's here's I've been trying to figure out what we're gonna open and close this with. Of course by the time you get to this when you're listening to it, um you'll already know what we opened with. Yeah. But I think you got to open with Alice Cooper. No, it's going to be one of these these songs. Sad face. <laughs> sad face. Yeah. If you can't open with sad, Alice, was Cooper. it a sad bulldozer? <laughs> sad bulldozer. Sad noises. Bull, <laughs> bulldozer tank noises. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you got to. You, okay, Joan Jett then. It's not one of the songs on the list. It's got to be one of her top 40. You know, no, we're actually, I'm narrowing it down. It's got to be one of her top, her number ones to open and close Okay, with. what's what's the choices? Nothing's going to stop us now. Maybe. Look away. Maybe. When I see you smile. Blame no. it on the rain. No. Uh, Absolutely not. Because you loved me. No. Unbreak my heart. No. Have you ever? I don't want to miss a thing. That's all of her number ones. What were the first two again? Um, nothing's going to stop us now. Okay, open with that one. And then look away. Close the show out with that one. Love will lead you back. No. I've when already, I see you smile. I've already picked the two. Blame it on the rain. We're going to use the first two that you suggested... And the first one is going to open, and the second one's going to close. Because you love me, unbreak my heart. Hold on, I'm just going through. Have you ever? 
Everybody's, uh, I don't want to miss a thing. Everybody's bored by now. So, yeah, she has nine number ones. Yeah. Um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Look away because this Look episode's away is such a good song. A man. little embarrassing. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. So, uh, so anyways, guys, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, again, this was another one of my deep dives where I'm like, I really legitimately like threw myself into this for a, a couple of days. He of, went down the rabbit I, hole. I did, man. Again. I just, I kept going. I was like, and it, cause it was one of those things that I initially, I was like, all right, well I'll just go through and get the songs that, that I'm familiar with, like off the top of my head. Yeah. And then I realized, oh no, I know so many more of these songs. Yeah. And then I was like, no, we'll just do, we'll just do top 40, you know, cause these are the songs I would actually, most of us would actually know. Um, and then just looking at how many, how many number ones and, and how top, you know, and everything's just like, Oh my God, she wrote that. She wrote, like I said, you, you go back to 1989, you know, from, from December of 88 to December of 89, how many, you know, how, just how many hits, top, 40s. top 40 hits that she had in there. Yeah. And number ones. I mean, it was just like, Whoa, that is unheard of. And how many of us can't even get, like yeah, a top 100. Yeah, well, that's, how many of us couldn't even get like <laughs> on the radio, <laughs> let alone get on the charts, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyways, guys, thank you so much. Uh, this was, uh, like I said, thanks for indulging us on this. And uh, remember, we can build our dreams together. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go out with that, really? Nothing's going to stop us now. <laughs> What's that next line? We can build our dreams together, stand... I don't know. Something, I think it's stand up to the weather or something like that. It's something, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because that sounds really tough. Well, you know. You stand up to the weather. Well, it's Starship. Um, Even though the weather might be sunny in 85. Nothing's going to stop us now. Oh, you really got to look this I up. I am. I want to know what that lyric is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, hold on. Here we go. This is my annoyed face. Yeah, I'm glad I can't see it. <laughs> and we can build the stream together, standing strong forever. Nothing's going to stop us now. That's what it is. So obviously I had the lyrics wrong. <laughs> As you usually do. Unless, you know, it might actually change because sometimes it does that, you know. Um, Come on, you can't remember half of your own lyrics. No, yeah, no, tell me about yeah. it. I can't tell you how many times. I, I, I think I told you that when I was recently recording a couple of songs from back in the day. Yeah, you had to go find I had to go find I, and like I had to like dig through my notebooks and try to find the lyrics cuz I could not remember <laughs> lyrics. And then as soon as I saw them like, "Oh yeah, that's that's how it goes." Yeah, okay. And yeah. I had it after that, but I mean, and I say that especially on that one song for years I've been trying to remember the lyrics. Like I could remember pieces, one verse, part of a second verse. And a little bit of the bridge. And it was like, I have no idea like where it goes from there. And I had even at one point been like, I don't even think I have that lyric sheet any longer. I'm just gonna rewrite I'm just gonna write new lyrics. <laughs> and then I, I didn't like them and so then I had to go digging through. I'm like, Oh look, here it is. Oh, I found it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I should have just done this, you know. <laughs> it's always the last place you look. Well, I knew where they were. I knew where the notebooks were. 
but it was the fact of actually going and digging I don't even through. know where my notebooks are. Oh, I, I know where all mine are. I know they're in the house somewhere. But it's one of those things is there's especially two notebooks that are like the, I don't know, they're like the half-size note, notebooks, you know what I'm talking about, like the spiral notebooks yeah. that were like, you know, they were, I don't know, maybe they were like two, like, you know, three quarters the size of an actual notebook page. Yeah. But, and they're not nearly as wide. So I had two of those. I had one of them that was black and one of them that was red that I had picked up at like Target back in like the late 90s somewhere. Yeah. And those were like, I started with the black one. That was my first one. I remember that. Um, and so it was like, that thing was just beginning it, to end. And, and it, then the red one came along a couple of years later and I started writing more stuff in there. So it's one of those yeah. things that between, and you got to think there's like what, 500 pages in each of those. Because they're, they're yeah, thick, maybe, you know? Yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that's a lot of pages to go through. <laughs> and, and anybody who was a teenager mm-hmm. that aspired to either write song lyrics or poetry oh, or yeah. anything like that, you would go and you would find the moleskins. Yes. You know, because I'm, I'm going to many, be an artist. I'm going to write in the moleskins. And uh, you would see what the price on those were, and you're like, uh, screw it. No, I'll yeah. take the mead yeah. that's the same size with the spiral. Right. And so I have just a stack of those yeah and i mean just i mean literal like a stack i mean a tons and tons and tons and some of them you know like maybe a couple dozen pages are written on and then that's it you know and and some of them are completely filled and some of them are maybe like three quarters filled some of them like you know maybe you know a quarter filled or something yeah. it's like one of those type things where it's like it's just more and more and more and it's all kinds of, it's it's the spirals it's the um the uh, the journal yeah. things it's legal pads it's <laughs> it's, it's yep. just like whatever i had you know just like okay this is what sometimes it's just pieces of paper like it's just like like where yep. i had little pieces of paper and i'm writing stuff down on it and everything <laughs> broken envelope <laughs> yeah whatever <napkin>. it is <laughs> And, Waffle uh, House receipt. uh, receipts, um, the backs of, I know that I know that I have at least about a dozen, um, bank receipts, like where you like deposit yeah. receipts where I'd written on the back of them. Like I was like driving or something. And that was like the first thing I had, like I pulled over and was like writing down yeah. stuff, you know? Uh, and it's funny. I say that and you boil that down to, I've probably written like half a dozen good songs <laughs> and you know i mean like it's a passable. war of attrition it really is it's kind of a people talk about like you know writer's block yeah one of the, the best things i've ever heard about writer's block because we've all experienced it uh was johnny resnick from the goo goo dolls talking about when they were recording um i think it was when they recorded a, no it wasn't a boy named goo it was um um when they were doing the recordings for dizzy up the girl Okay. Um, and before they wrote Iris, like, you know, which was, again, a movie soundtrack, but it was on Dizzy Up the Girl also. Yeah. Talking about having this horrible bout of writer's block. But he said, the thing about, the thing that sucks so much about writer's block is that you write all the time. Yeah. It's just. And none of it's nothing, good. None of it's good. And I was like, I know that. I know that feeling. Yeah. I have done that. I have sat for hours jotting stuff down. And just been like, this is all crap. Which this is, is all crap. And which is why occasionally you've got to break out that book, the yeah, artist way, and yeah. get back into doing well, the morning but, you know, pages. That's the whole thing with the morning. Like, we're gonna, there was a book that came out in the late nineties called the called the artist way. It was um, what was her Julia name? Cameron. Can't thank you. I remember Cameron. I, I kept thinking it was Julia, but I couldn't remember if it was. Yeah. Her. And 
there is some good stuff in there. I know I introduced it to you because yeah. I found it like just going through media play one day. I'm like, hey, what's this? And I started reading. I was like, hey, this looks pretty interesting. Yeah. And one of the things she talks about is the morning pages, which is something that, um, uh, what's her name? Um, you know, Brene Brown. You know what I'm talking about? No. She's like a pretty big writer now. She does yeah, a lot of stuff. Okay. You know? yeah, but yeah. she wrote a book back years ago whenever I had gone back to college. It's called uh, Bird by Bird, which is about like writing, like the process okay. of writing and yeah. everything. Uh, and she and they're, they're kind of the same in, in some ways where it's like yeah. with, with the artist way, it just talks about the morning pages of sitting down. And you just write stream of conscious for like is it three pages? Three or pages, so, yeah, front and back, right? Or and something. then fold it up, fold it up in and, an and don't, envelope, don't look and at never it. Yeah. look at it again. At least not to begin with. Later they tell you it's one of those part of the process somewhere down the line to go back and start. But it's really about getting your head, getting all the junk out of your head. Yeah, that right up front to where it kind of like it's supposed to uh, focus your brain, you know, to be able to write the, gotta, the good stuff. You've got to train the tool. The other thing with Bird by Bird is what she said in there, and this is a direct quote from the book. She said, write shitty first drafts. Like that's like, like that's one of the process. You sit down and you write the first draft of whatever it is that you're doing, knowing that it's going to be bad. Yeah. Just to get it out. And then go back and, ref- and refine it from there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, they're, uh, yeah, as far as writing, we we could probably do a whole episode just about writing. You know, the the process of writing, our process of creating music, or whatever it is, we might do that at some point. So I don't uh, have a process. It either happens um, for me or it doesn't. You would be surprised when you sit down and think about because I said that for the longest time, but you would be surprised how much of a process you actually have. Yeah, believe me, and it's little stuff like like if you're out and you get like an idea or something okay and and especially in today's world do you pull out your phone and jot down in the notes or do you wait until you can actually get a pad and piece of uh, like a pad and, and pencil and write it down that way I'll be honest with you. I haven't done anything like that for so long. I'm not sure I could do it anymore. But I know what your process is. You have to have the pad and pay and pen. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I find that what I generally will do if I'm not near a pen and paper, I will... I used to would, like, whip out, you know, get my phone and, like, you know, jot down, like, in the notes and stuff. Yeah. I stopped even doing that. I would just turn on the voice memo and say whatever it was, you know, get it out that way so that later I could go and actually write it down because I found that if I don't actually put pen to paper, it doesn't, I, I do not know anything that I've written digitally that has been anywhere near as good as the stuff I've actually back in the day when I could actually do something halfway creative. I had to. You still can. You just haven't. You're out of practice. I, I would have to have, you know, <laughs> right, ink to paper. Right. It, it's something about that scratch across the page. Uh huh. And I'm, I'm the same way. Like that. It's. But yeah. again, that's that's your process. And so you didn't even realize you had one. No. That's. It. And it's one of those things. It, it was 20 years before I realized I had a process. 
you know, then I was like, oh, wow, that I do. That is what I do, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, now that we've rambled on now for yep. another 10 minutes past when this episode probably should have ended, <laughs> <laughs> as we often do again, go and check out. I, we, I will put together a playlist on our YouTube page of all of these songs like I do with everything. Yeah. Uh, so you can go and listen to. Oh, excuse me. So you can go and listen to him and be like. Oh, yeah, I remember this shitty song. Because, <laughs> let's be honest, a lot of them I, are, I give you permission to skip directly over the Michael Bolton and Especially, I was going to say, especially the Michael Bolton stuff. So, yeah. And, yes, it's Michael Bolton. It's not Michael Bolton. Just like it's Bon Jovi. It's not Bon Jovi. It's <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, guys, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, go, if you're not already, follow us on, on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I'm going to try to do better with the Facebook. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm honestly starting to think that Facebook is a lost cause. Well, I'm and gonna, not for anything that you did or didn't do, just because Facebook is a lost cause is what it comes down yeah. to. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to try to start being more active over on the Facebook page and see what we can do. Okay. All right, guys. So. Thank you so much. I am Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave, and at the time of this recording, it's 154 days to Halloween. Oh, you looked at the calendar, huh? Yes, I did. <laughs> that calendar, I love that calendar. So. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much, and uh, we're going to have some more cool stuff for you. We're, we're right here at the very beginning of the summer, and we always seem to have some interesting episodes during the summer when we start actually thinking back to our childhoods and yeah, know, and, and our, our uh, summer traditions and everything. So. Summer vacations. Vacations and all, and all of it. So, Guys, thank you so much. See you.